Hello everybody and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermatch podcast of the LFC Red Poets. I'm your host Les Lawson and tonight I'm joined by Tom Keegan, Pete Warburton and Ben Kent to look back at our disappointing 0-0 draw against Manchester United at Anfield. So first of all Tom, I'll start with you and sort of say when the team was announced I don't think there was really too many surprises, was there? You know, with Endo starting the midfield and the normal front three, and there was nothing really there that, that you would have sort of accept, wouldn't have expected, Tom? No, it was, a, it was quite a strong side when you looked at it and you think it was probably one of the most strongest balanced sides he could have put out there at the, at the time. But... um. Yeah, so I looked around, all positions were covered. I was a bit surprised that that, that Gakpo didn't start to be fair at all. Like he might have got a he might have got a chance. And um but not to be. He give it to give the chance to Nunes and I think like we'll talk about that later on. But um I I thought overall the team as it dropped was probably the right team. Yeah, I don't think you'd argue with that, would you, Pete? I think it was the team I picked. I think in the last program, the only, <clears throat> the only place I think that there was a little bit of doubt. I suppose we weren't sure if Canarsi had started or maybe Joe Gomez. But I think apart from that, um, I think we we more or less saw the second red what Jürgen was going to do. Yeah, I think so, you were away yeah. then. You've been from from uh, from the team that you named. Oh, I got it miles wrong, but it just shows you, you know, in hindsight, I was probably right and Pete got the team wrong, didn't he? <laughs> it's good that Pete admitted it was his fault two minutes in. Um, but no, I to be honest, I, I agree with Tom with the Gakpo shout. Um, I think he was very unlucky not to start. Um, but yeah, like it, I had no issues with the team. It wasn't, I didn't look at it and, you know, was worried in any way. So, yeah, it was a pretty strong team and it just ultimately was a bit disappointing, wasn't it? Tom, to be fair, I thought the, you know, the game started, Liverpool lost the toss and we're kicking into the cup end first half. And we started the game really quick. United couldn't get out of out of, out of their half. We, we, we won a couple of early, early corners, but we couldn't really make that pressure tell, Tom. Oh, do you know what, Les? Me and Lee were talking about it at, at the time. You know, the pace we've asked all the times on the podcast, haven't we? We'd like, we'd like to say, like, we'd like to start quick. But oh, my God, yeah. couldn't have asked it for a better start. They come out absolutely firing on all cylinders. And for about a seven or eight minute spell, they literally were pegged back. It was corner after corner after corner in the first in the first seven or eight minutes. And like you thought, well, it's only a matter of time before the, the these go. You know, but I, I I don't know I don't know what happened after that. But do, do you know what's funny, Les? I have been reading all, all day and I've, I've been listening to loads of different debates on about the, the atmosphere. I thought the atmosphere in the first probably first 20 minutes of the game was as good as the tempo out there. I thought Liverpool started off really, really well and the crowd was really, you know, really up for it. So I think we were just expecting to score and when that never came, I, I think that's when we got a little bit of a drop-off, didn't we, really? Yeah, I mean, just talking about the atmosphere there, Tom, and picking up on what you said before and move on to Pete. 
I think there's a myth goes round, and I know that this this myth isn't really true. That when the cop was standing, every game would be noise from whistle one to whistle ninety, and it was never ever like that. There were times yeah. where it was as flat as anything in there. Um, because as I say, I've been stood there, I've been part of it, I've been, you know, I mean, I've been on the cop for every league game since nineteen nineteen seventy six. So, you know, I know what I'm talking about. And people who go on about, oh, you know, the atmosphere was 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 terrible in this game or terrible in that game. It was never like that in the standing cop. It was. There was games like that when it was like that on the standing cop. And sometimes Liverpool fans would only get going, similar to what happened the other week when we when we needed to, to get behind the team, when we, we, we need we went three two down against Fulham. So it is a bit of a myth that time. I have I have to say when people, you know, and don't get and I think there's been some some great atmospheres, both, you know, stood on the cop and also when it have been on the on the seated cop as well. So I just I I just don't buy this this sort of Twitter theoryism that oh, you know, the atmosphere is is bad now and it it it, it, it was never like that on the standing cop because it was and you probably know that as well, Tom. Mm. I thought, well, I thought nobody was really, nobody, I don't think anybody was saying that. I thought you said for the Manchester United game, I think the drop-off, and I think that it was, I think it did, I think there was two things about it, Les, that I, I want to bring, I, I thought about, and I, I didn't mention it to you. I thought there was, when we didn't score in, in the first, in the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, do you know what I noticed? I noticed an anxiety in, in the crowd, you know, when passes started mm. to go astray, you did groans go up, and then like, and then you you found that the players then started to, to find to feed off that anxiety, and I thought that's when Liverpool lost away a little bit, you know, until until the play. I think it was the first one to do was Trent was to g them up, and then Ali done it, he run down towards the cop and done it, you know, like later on. So I think. I think, but we'll go on to we'll go on to the thing you and know, answer the um, that later on. But I just thought it was, I thought it was a strange day overall. Mm. Yeah, Pete, was that a fair assessment that Pete, where you know started off really quickly, which is probably what we've been asking for, as Tom said, but we didn't get the breakthrough, and then there was a bit of a drop off. Yeah, I think the only other game that we started off like that was the Villa game at home. And we were two up by, you know, handily. And I think that that was the problem. The, not the problem, in, I suppose, in hindsight, you can say that. <clears throat> but I think we were so expectant that we were we were so on top. We were getting corner after corner, wave after wave. And um, it, it, I'm not saying people started worrying, but it is always in the back of your mind. Could it be one of these where we have all the possession, all the shots and... and that's how it turned out to be. But just going back to the atmosphere, I did notice because I'm down by the Annie Road and um, in the main stand, and I thought the noise coming from there pre pre sort of kick off, you never walk alone. And that it was absolutely tremendous. The noise coming down, you it, you could tell, you could you could hear the volume that uh, you know got higher just from those extra what six thousand or whatever it was in there. Um, and they were obviously making a day of it, you know. But as as you say, as the as the game progressed, and 
United were just getting block after block. And, you know, as I say, we'll talk more about the game, but you did think there was an air of foreboding there that we might, this could be the game where we might, you know, like that Sunderland game where we had so many shots and we, we didn't score and so it proved to be, you know. Yeah, Ben, it was it was a it was a good start and I don't think we could have asked for a better start, but I think I think as and Pete made and Tom made good points there, it was as though when we made such a good start and we didn't sort of score within the first 15, 20 minutes. You know, the the if it affected both the fans and the players, everybody lost a little bit of confidence around that because thought, well, wow, you know, we've started off so well and we haven't scored yet. And I think that there was a little bit of anxiety, as was said there, on, on both the terraces and on the pitch. Yeah, I think, I think we did start out well. But even though we started out well, we didn't create anything. Like we didn't, we didn't have a clear cut chance really. In the certainly in the first twenty minutes when we absolutely dominated them, we had a few corners and a few headers opportunities. But I can't recall like a chance where it was like a guilt edge chance, especially in the first half. So I think possibly we're we're getting a bit overboard with how well we actually played, and I think we did look lash lackluster um, in terms of our attack and threat, although we were um, harassing them and getting you know, putting them under pressure and stuff. I think if, if we would have scored in that first 10 minutes, I think we would have had a comfortable win because I think United would have folded and I think we would have grown in confidence. But the, the longer and longer the game went on, the fact that we didn't score in the first 20 minutes, you, you're right, you could feel it. The atmosphere did get subdued. And just talking about the atmosphere, I do I did go to the standing cop, not that many times, but I did go for two seasons on it. So I can vaguely remember it. And you are right, it wasn't like a bear piss every game. Um, I do remember a few games where it was, but it, I think the atmosphere now, and I did reply to a tweet last night about it, the atmosphere is garbage in general, like in Anfield. And I think it is everywhere. It's not just Anfield, but like it, it's almost... I thought the atmosphere was good at the start of the game yesterday. I thought with it being a half-four kick-off... I thought that helped and you could see the fans were up for it. And I think it would have been different if we would have scored. It would have got a bit more raucous. But um, I think the atmosphere generally this season has been awful. Like the derby was absolutely atrocious. Like obviously the kickoff time didn't help. And I don't know if it's like a self-entitlement, which some of the fans have got these days where they're coming to Anfield from... And I'll throw local fans in as well. It's not just the, the day trippers coming in to be entertained. I think it's it's seen as a product now where people are coming to Anfield to get this experience and yet not providing it themselves. Um, but that's enough about that. But I, I do think we did start out well. And if we would have scored, it would have been a totally different game. But we just didn't create anything, really. We didn't work in honor, which was disappointing. Um, and he was there to be had. And we just didn't, we didn't go for it enough, in my opinion. Tom, I think that you know the, the the modern day, the modern day sort of football supporter. Let us say, I mean, you know, uh, we'll probably look at that and think that that's one of the poorest Man United teams they've seen. We've seen some poor ones, sort of in the early in the early seventies, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 some in the you know, I can remember. Paddy Roach coming to Anfield 
you know, in goal for Manchester United and and having an absolute nightmare and Liverpool beating them quite easily in the you know in in the seventies. Um, but that 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 Man United team, I think, what I will say is, and and I think this is this is and it, I suppose if you're a Man United fan, you know this is if if you're celebrating that result, I can understand it on one hand. But then on the other hand, to be saying, is this how far the mighty have fallen? Because I've never ever seen a Man United team in the last 30 years come to Anfield and defend so deep, like a lower league team or a low a team at the bottom of the of the Premier League has come and set up at Anfield. Ben is right when he said there we didn't really create anything. There was a a Virgil van Dijk header that yeah. And Anna pushed over the bar that was right at him. There was another one where I think it was just a bit too high for Nunes and he headed it back across the goal and there was nobody there to get on the end of it. And for me, the best chance of the, the first half was a, a shot from Mo Salah on the edge of the box where if he'd have caught it well, I think he would have nestled in the, in the bottom corner. But he... He got no power in it at all. It was just like a, a back pass really, and that was, that was really the, the sum of our of our pressure. But mainly because they were defending so so deep and had little ambition. I mean, of going over the halfway line, Tom, in the first half, anyway. Yeah, I think I think when you I was looking at some of the stats, you know, after the game, and and that's something I don't usually do, look at the stats, but. I noticed that I think they had 164 touches, you know, in the game, which for a Manchester United team at Anfield is is you know like unbelievable, isn't it? But as you said, they defended, and I'd said that to Lee. Sometimes I, I, you know, these teams that come and put a low block. I admire some. I know I don't. I hate that style of football. I think it's. I think it's you know like if you've got a resort to that it says more about your own tactics than your own team but I, I think sometimes you'd have to say they, they did defend to a man didn't he you know like to be fair he cut out all the space and I think it didn't help I think it didn't help Les that all all our midfield players I thought Endo with, to an extent he was winning the ball and he was distributing the ball but all the creative players were really off the game. The passing was atrocious. You know, like how many times when we come to the final pass, it was played behind a player or in front of a player. It just it just seemed that so many key players and the drop off between you know with with, with Sabozlai and even Nunes to a certain extent. I thought Nunes got caught offside about four times again, you know, like and 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 also, you know, like I, I, you where we always say like he's captain chaos, you know, like he he gives you everything, he never gives a moment's rest to the defenders. He seemed preoccupied with 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 stupid things like mm. one. There was one instant there when we were having a break, and you know, like. Evans sold him down the river. He just it was just the most stupidest thing. And you could see what he what he set out to do. You know, and if we were on a break and like Nunes goes in 
and and just commits, or it makes it easy for him to commit a, a foul, and he, he he got a free kick. I think he, he just it it just summed up Liverpool in that first half. As I think creative creative wise, we were we weren't at it at all. Hey, Tom makes a good point there about the the final pass. I can think about maybe four or five in the first half down our right hand side. Involving your mates of us, Salah, Trent, all of them. Liverpool were in good positions, and every time, you know where they had where they had the overload on the right hand side where a player was in, they would either under it the pass or over it the pass. Yeah. And you think if they'd have got the right pass, then we were in every time, and each of them, each of them were sort of. Uh, as guilty as uh, as each other, but I do think that um, again that was probably the the poorest sort of forty five from from Sabos that we've seen since he came. I mean, he had a there was there, there was a there was an attempt on goal he had, you know, early doors, you know, where where it really opened up for him, and you thought, go on, just hit this. You you, you know the technique and ability you've got, you should be getting this. You know, at least on target, and he put it into the cop, and I think that that drained his confidence. Then, and he nothing was coming off for him, Pete. No, I just as much as I hate to say it, I think you've got to give United credit because yeah, I remember when, as we were walking down the ground, we were talking, and and we saw that the the centre half pair was Varane and Evans, and and we were. We were saying, God, we should be able to get at them, but they defended so deep. They didn't give us anything. We, I don't think we ever really got balls into the channels for people to run onto because they defended so deep. And like you say, it's ugly to watch, but it, it is part of the game defending. You know, there's certain managers, you know, in the world in world football who will look at that Man United display and think it was fantastic because they, they defended so well. Um. I do agree what you say, by the way, Pete. But what I said before, it's it's that how far Manchester United have fallen because they've always come to Anfield and thought, right, we're going to show them that we are, you know, we're Manchester United, and we're gonna we're gonna show them that that we can beat them. And even sometimes, you know, when the you know Liverpool had the great teams with the with the Kennys and the Sueys and the Jockeys. They would still come and have a go. They, they, I, I can imagine the build up to that game and the pre match, you know, in in that dressing room. The one thing that would be put into them players is we're not going to get thumped again like we did last year. Exactly. We're not going to yeah. take that, even if it's four, you know, three, four, yeah. we're not going to yeah. take a thumping. And I, and I was saying to our Jack on the game, I was quite surprised how. How well Anthony did tracking back, not as an offensive mm-hmm. player, but he, yeah. he was really coming back out and Dallow down that down that our left, you know. And you know, as much as it'd be grudge giving them any credit whatsoever, I just think that they they were putting the bodies on the line. It said Liverpool had something like 34 shots and only eight on targets. I'm just wondering how many more of the 34 would have been on target, but for the likes of Iran and Evans. Yeah. And Amrabat just throwing any part of the body in the way. And they were just hell-bent on not not necessarily not losing that. I mean, I sort of agree in a way with 
with what Virgil said when he said there was only team one, one only one team wanted to win it. But Man United, you know, they had they had a couple mm-hmm. of chances. That chance that they they had was a Highland near the end, and it was like a double yeah. save. They could easily have done a right smashing grab mm-hmm. on us there. So I would say, you know, the players and the management of United wanted to win, but it's the way they wanted to win, and they wanted to nullify us. And you could tell, and I think the turning point for me was where I thought we're not going to score here is, is the chance that um, the Trent had, and he yeah, tried to steer it into mm-hmm. the bottom corner. And once that went to the, because yeah. we were all up, we all thought it'd gone yeah. in where we were. And then once that went to the side, you just got this nagging thing we're not mm-hmm. going to score here, we're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the belief. The belief sort of just pieced out, and not necessarily from the players. They were trying, but I think there was an incident not long after that where you were praying for Nunes to shoot them for some reason. He left it yeah. for Diaz, and you know, more more in hope, we all screamed for a penalty because it was a block on Diaz, but it was a, it was a good tackle in fairness. Um, yeah, so it was just one of them. You know, it, it was frustrating to watch, but you've got to give a grudging. Not admiration, but you you've got to say United came to do a job and they did it on They they defended really well, you know. Yeah. So Ben Peter preempted there a little bit. You know, we 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 sort of goes in nil nil half time, and the other thing that annoyed me a little bit, although you know it it wouldn't have made a great deal of of difference in the bigger scheme of things, but Mike Oliver kept kept sort of warning Anana. But only had then added two minutes on at the end of the first half. So yeah. so much for this new directive mm. of you know keeping the ball into play. I mean, if Onan had been moving any slower to get the ball, he'd have been at a standstill. I've never seen a keeper walk so slowly to get the ball, and Oliver did absolutely nothing about it. And mm. I, I mean, to be fair, I thought yeah we did okay refereeing the game in general, but I just thought he was very poor with. With, with their tactics, the, it reminded me very much of the way Mourinho did with with Chelsea in that game in thirteen fourteen. The way yeah. the way the way they were doing things, and Oliver did absolutely about as much about it as what Martin Atkinson did on that day. But that's a different story. And just saying that, you know, we we come out of the second half, and we didn't really get. Had the steam going like we did at the start of the first half, and you know there was, there was, you know, our attack really as a as a three weren't really causing them a great deal of problems because of the way the way they were lined up. They were double and trebled up on Salah. The same with the same on the other side with Diaz. They were forcing our players to go in field, and when you went in field, you were just. You were just going into more and more bodies, so it was just they were just nullifying us. You know, and their game plan was working really, really well. And then then Ryan Gravenberch has that really good run and nearly gets through. And then and I thought he was he was doing quite well in the second half. And then all of a sudden, you know, he, he runs back and then he goes down. It looks like we've got another potential. Lay off with another hamstring injury, and then Jurgen makes the first of his substitutions when he takes both Graven Birch and Sabozov, and he puts on Gakpo 
and Joe Gomez and moves Trent into midfield. Um, and as I say, and then, then as Pete says, then there was the there was the incident with with Nunes where he's running through. And I think I blame Diaz more than Nunes for that because I think Diaz got in his way. I think if Diaz hadn't have, hadn't have moved into his path, I, looking back and the way I remember it from the ground, I think Nunes would have would have probably got a shot away. But Diaz sort of cut across his path and I knew that I had no choice then but to leave it to him. And as Pete said, it got blocked. So is that how you've seen the the sort of early stages of the second half as well? To be fair, I haven't seen the game back, so I can't comment really on the Diaz-Nunes incident. But I think what Pete was saying is pretty much spot on. Like, suppose like, I bumped into Salty at half-time and we were saying, we're getting a bit concerned now about this drop-off. Like, this, um, his last good game for us was before the international break and obviously he played brilliantly for Hungary there, scored a couple of brilliant goals, but he hasn't played well since coming back. Now, whether he's tired and not used to the, the pace of the of our league, I don't know. Um, But he looks like he needs a rest, but he's, he's not going to get it now, is he, with Gravenberg out for a a month or so if he's got a hamstring. But I think as bad as he played, I do think the game did change when he went off because we lost all control and then United started getting getting chances. And even though we were by far the better team on the day, they did have the best chance. Like and they they could have scored and got like a an undeserved victory. Um and what it, I don't, I don't begrudge them for doing it. Like, if you look at how crap they've been of late and the stick that the manager's under, why would you play any other way? If they came to Anfield yesterday and went for it, it would have, it would have been like lambs to the slaughter. It was a no win situation for them to do that. And I, I always say this: my favorite season following Liverpool was two thousand and one. Like, it wasn't the best team by any stretch of the imagination, but we'd won bugger all for about 15 years before it. And it was my first year of seeing us win a lot. Um, and we had a lot of performances like United did in that, that season, especially away from home in Europe, you know, away in Roma where we actually won 2-0. We scored two goals, but we were against it the whole game. And we were against, we were back to the walls at Anfield as well when, they actually won the game and had a penalty disallowed, given and then wiped out. Um, so I don't begrudge them for doing it. Um, what I said to the lads yesterday, they're like an expensive Allardyce team now, um, the way they, they played yesterday. But, you know, they got the results and they would have snapped your hand off for it before the game, so fair play to them. But we need to improve. Like, it's all well and good saying they're coming to Anfield and defending. But if we can't beat teams like that, then we're never going to win the league. And Nunes, I know that you guys love him, but I'm concerned about him now. This is 10 games without a goal, and he doesn't look like scoring. Like, he did not, he'd still be playing now from that game yesterday, and he wouldn't score. He needs a rest. He's better at the moment coming on for the last 20, half an hour as an impact to get his confidence back on, back up. And I'd give Gakpo or Jota, whenever he's back, a run at the number nine. Um, because I think Darwin needs to get his confidence back, and I don't think he's going to get it from the start. I certainly wouldn't play him against Arsenal. Um, I might give him a run out against West Ham in the cup. Um, but I think the game 
I, I think Peter's absolutely spot on with that trend chance because I said that to my dad. I said, when that didn't go in, I said, this is not day here. We're never going to score. And I thought it was in. <laughs> um, like the angle from where I am in the cop, I thought that I thought that was in. Have um, you seen that back again, Ben? No, was it far you know, out? You know something, mate? I I watch I, I haven't seen it back on the telly, but somebody put a clip on it on yeah. Twitter last night. And it's amazing. It's going in. Yeah. And then it was like at the last yeah, minute. It yeah. just moves away. Zanana doesn't move, does he? <clears throat> no, no he people just stays still, but yeah. it's going right in the corner. Yeah. And then it gets about a ball with the way, yeah. and then just just goes goes to the opposite side of the post. It was, yeah. and until you actually see what it yeah. was like, you, you, I mean, I was I was amazed when I seen it was going as straight as an arrow, and yeah. then just the last second, it was just like somebody had, you know, diverting the missile yeah. and thinking, right, we're we're going to hit the the wrong targets here. Somebody Did it hit anything on the pitch or? And then it just goes. It just goes the other side of the post. It was. But I think I think that was the the pivotal moment for us. Like if that goes in, then we probably win two or three nil. Um, yeah. But it just wasn't to be, and and you know, off from three now. Like I don't even like I, I'm not going to be overly critical because we're second in the league and we would have took that, and we could still be top of Christmas, beat Arsenal next week, and we're top of Christmas and. You know, like we all would be in back in August, would snap your hand off for that. Um, so I'm not going to be overly critical, but the front three does concern me a little bit. And I think Diaz, for how well he played, I'd say in the first 60 minutes, there's not much end product there at the moment. Like he needs a goal. Um, and even Mo isn't playing that well. Like the last four or five games, he's been relatively quiet. Um, and I think him going to the African Nations is good and bad for us because we will miss him and it's a shame that he's going to just play every minute possible for Egypt um, but yeah like I think Jürgen's got like a big decision now for Wednesday and, and I don't know what he's going to do for it Tom so Ben Ben and Peter both touched on it there that you know, we made those two substitutions and then about 10-15 minutes later we took both Diaz and, and Nunes off and put Elliot and Jones on. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, probably for maybe the first time this season when we made the changes from the bench, they didn't really have the impact that they'd had in the past. I mean, Harvey was anonymous when he come on. I mean, Gakko had a header near the end that he possibly could have done better with. Um, but he never really changed the game. And when we made the substitutions, as the lads have said, United seemed to to grow into the game a little bit more. And the, there was two or three occasions where they, they nearly hit us on the break. One where I think they, they come down the our, our sort of left there, right, put a, put a ball across. And, and one of the United players dubbed it. Yeah. And Hot. I couldn't Island. understand. Yeah. I couldn't understand why he dubbed it. Yeah, because, he let it go through his legs, Les, didn't he? Yeah, he let it go through his legs. And yeah. then that gave us a chance to recover and, uh, and make the block. I think Joe Gomez made the block. And there was another one where Trent just did enough and Ali to sort of stop them getting another attempt on goal. And, and as, as Pete said, it was nearly the perfect smashing grab, wasn't it, where they had to come park the bus and then just this is on the, on the break because we were going all out for... 
you know, to try and get the win. Um, but yeah, so did the, the substitutions, Tom? Did you did you see? Would you have made those the the substitutions like like he did with? I mean, I know there was no he had no choice with the Gravenberch one, but the other two substitutions taking your two forwards off and putting on basically two more midfielders. Yeah, I think he. I think he. The four players that he brought on were the four players that you 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 were looking at the bench and saying, well, they're the four players who are going to if we are going to make changes are going to come on. I think he, I think you're right about about RV Ellis and Curtis to a certain extent. So I don't think either. The, while he'd never done anything bad, he never done anything good neither. They they offered very little. But overall, I, I think. I think all the points that the lads have both have both gone over, and yourself, lads. I think it's been covered. I think, I think it it it, it the only I would say the only probably the only player they were taught from the substitutes bench who actually offered something was Gomez. I thought he actually done quite well, Joe, when he come on. You know, like except for the except for the thing where I asked you last night because I, I wasn't too sure. I thought when he went running through, when Mo went Stalala through into the box, and then Joe Gomez just smashed it wide of the post. And I thought to myself, Stalala would be going mental there because it looked like he was just going to go out through and hit it himself. But I don't know. I wasn't. I was too far away to sort of see whether the, the ball had run away. Peter would probably be able to tell me that whether the ball had run <laughs> away from him or. or and it was Gomez's only effort. Yeah. Like I think, I think, I think that his, his decision was, as I say, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but he's not scored for us, Joe, has he? And I think to score at the near post, he, he was asking too much. He probably would have been better just hitting it back across and hoping it got a, a de- you know, a deflection in or a red shirt on the end of it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't think I think it was Ben who mentioned before. It might have been you, Tom, about Mo Salah. I thought his passing yesterday and his control. The times the front three for me yesterday were really out of sorts. Um, I think Nunes. I I was more worried that Nunes was going to get sent off because he got a booking again. His customary booking, and Johnny Evans, the wily old fox, and Varane. You thought they're going to wind him up, and he's going to take the base here. So when he went off, it was certainly no surprise. It was probably a surprise to me that he actually lasted so long on the pitch because he's it. It is worrying. It is worrying with Nunes because he seems to be doing it for his country, doesn't he? Seems to be putting the goals away for Uruguay, and I'm just wondering whether somewhere in in you know the 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 snipers in the press and the media have actually got to him, and he's going out on the pitch thinking, oh, I've got to, I've got to do it, I've got to do it, and. You know yourself, you've seen even the greats, the likes of the Kennys and the Rushes have gone through little periods where, they, you know, they try too hard sometimes. And you wonder if that's getting to Nunes. I'm certainly not putting them in the same brackets as them two, by the way. But you just wonder if he's over-trying and it he, he, he just needs to be more natural. But um, I, think, I think, Pete, just going to, to an old word that he used at points last season, I think he's lacking in confidence. Yeah. I think that when you... <laughs> When you're confident, as I've said before, you do things more naturally without thinking. And you know, we 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 all saying you know tongue in cheek that Nunes, you know, isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. You know what I mean? So mm. you know, if his 
if his confidence was up like it was at the start of the season, following those two goals he scored against Newcastle, then he does things without without really having to think about it. And I think he's I think he's playing on his mind now the fact that he hasn't scored. Yeah. Um and and that's that's hampering him. And yeah. I think Diaz is exactly the same. But Diaz, to be fair, Les, but to be fair, you know, to be fair, he scored three goals on international duty in That's between. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. that doesn't make any difference though, does it fit? It, it if you're if you're not scoring for your club in the Premier League, it's like it's like it's got it has a different effect on you. I mean, I can remember, I mean, Pete touched on it there. I can remember Kenny going twelve months without scoring a goal. Yeah, so can and I he scored. Then all of a sudden it comes to Derby Day and he scored two at the cop end. You yeah. know what I mean? So so it does happen to strikers. But the thing is with Nunes, I think he, he is a very much a confidence player. And his to me, his all round game has suffered as well. Like I you know, I like Nunes, I'm a fan of his. And I think the lad's got a lot of ability that needs to be unlocked. And when it is unlocked, I think there is some player there, but his all-round game is suffering. And I think it's the same with Diaz at the minute. And because them two are suffering as well, I think it's probably having a knock-on effect with Mo as well. It's the same with Mo, Les. Like, I, I think Mo's getting glossed over here. Like, he hasn't really played well for a handful of games. No, yeah, he, he hasn't been that good since the derby. Like, he's obviously scored like, a couple. I he hasn't think, played that I well. I thought the derby was his worst poor. It was his worst game. Yeah, he scored yeah. three goals. He hasn't though, really he? played well since. Yeah, I don't think. To be honest with you, I don't think we've seen the most Salah. You remember when he when he played that game against against Watford and he scored that goal three yeah. three Afcon last yeah. time. I I think I don't think we've ever seen that most Salah again. He's a different player. He's a different player now. He plays totally different and he's adapted his game. He still gets the goals, like, but he's overall, like, he's not a winger anymore, is he? He doesn't beat his man that often. He's more of a, he'll play the ball through and get in position. I think what was evident yesterday as well is a few times when he did get the ball, yeah. and Man United were quite happy to show him inside because he yeah. had so many bodies. But when he did that, when Shaw had sort of taken him on the inside, taken him and and buried him inside, there was there was two or three occasions he could have just put like a reverse pass yeah. into. He was on the right wing. It might have been Sobers at the time. I don't know. Yeah. And he, he insisted on having the dig at goal, and yeah. everyone got blocked. And he just needed to play someone in, and we could have got round the back then. But we very seldom got round the back yesterday because there was no space there. You know. There was just yeah. no, there was no creativity up front at all. Like in a, even going back to the midfield, the front six, they just yeah. didn't play cohesively whatsoever. Like Sabozlai had a few chances in the first half, and his passing was atrocious. Put Alfred goal kick twice to easy balls to Mo, and it's just not like him. Um, but what Ali, Ali said to me, Ben, you know, during the game, he said, you know, in the, he said, in the whole of that game, it's the first time a midfielder hasn't burst through the lines. Yeah. You mm. know, like, in, and I think there was a lot of truth in what he'd said. Yeah. I'd never really give it a thought. But it was, when you think that's been our strength, we were saying, like, this midfield mm. is scoring goals because 
they're, they're pushing up and and breaking the lines. Nobody did. Ravenberg yeah, did it once, didn't he? In the he second did, but half, but he never got all the way yeah. through, did no. he? He got to the edge of the box, but was yeah. brought down. But like, I, I think, I, I think that was what what's been. So you you've got your front three who were static, and mm. like, and nobody bursting through. You would have expected Sabozlai to be pushing and probing and, and breaking the lines and making the space, mm. and but because because the north. The, the wide men are easy to mark. You've got, as you say, they're doubling up. They had two lines of five, so there's not much space. There, I, there was, I think it was the, the first half, because we were attacking the Annie Rodent. Um, and, sorry, the second half, wasn't it? We were attacking the Annie Rodent. And I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Joe Gomez in the centre. There was nobody on the right wing at all. Yeah. Like, literally, and he, he put his hands up like that, and the crowd were getting agitated by it. Um, and I think that's the, I think that's the problem with 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 Trent in this role. I I'm getting to the point now where I don't think Trent's a midfielder. You know, like I don't think he covered himself in glory when he played in midfield. I think I think Tom said the right word there in his, when he said static. Yeah. The number exactly. of times, the number of times Canarsie and Van Dijk had the ball. Yeah. And there was just no movement. No movement. No yeah, movements in front of them yeah. at all. Yeah, me and my dad and, said that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like statues. Yeah. Really I don't. Know. I thought the one player, the one player that tried to 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 be an outlet, and I said it to you last night on the phone last night, was was Simicast. Yeah. He, yeah. he he did. He was offering himself out there. Yeah. But like, even when he got out, Diaz was not finding. You know, going taking the runs. As Les said, he was coming inside, and so I think that's what we we've missed. Like, so like, uh, even though Simicus, uh, I think, has done really well. I think you've missed Andy Robbo because Andy gives you that. He drives into the box, doesn't he? A pace, and like yeah. he and he makes space for other players. And maybe I don't, I don't know. I, I maybe what. Maybe we're overthinking. Maybe, as as you said, maybe they're just they're just tired and or they're mentally tired or whatever. But there's something there's something not right. I think I'll be glad when we've got McAllister back. Yeah, and I think I'll be glad when we've got Jota back because yeah. Jota gives us something that's different yeah. that we don't have. You know, like. I mean, I yesterday, think... Tom, it was it, it, what you're saying there about Jots. You know, the number of times the ball was sort of dropping in their box, mm. Mm. and we none of our players were reacting to it really. And sometimes, you know, people will be, people will be. I mean, you might get the same thing here, Ben. You know, for, from the cop and you, Tom. You know, people be saying, you know, bloody Jots has done nothing, and yeah. then all of a sudden the yeah. the ball drops to him in the box, yeah. and. You know, bang it in the back of the net. Yeah. And you know, remember, that's the that's the one thing that he that he does give us, please, isn't it? Yeah. Remember a few weeks ago I mentioned and I said I'm not likening him to the style of play. But if you remember a certain John Wall, you would do nothing. You would yeah. you would think he'd do nothing. And he he'd come off he came off one game with a hat trick and we didn't know how yeah. he'd done it. Because yeah. he was so inconspicuous on the pitch in the, the general play. But we, we mentioned Jota last night when we were walking back to yeah. the pub. We yeah. said we really missed Jota because, yeah. like you said, Les, there was balls that were getting blocked, but we weren't just we weren't just getting to the second ball. We, and and Jota does that. Jota does I think, that. 
I think you're right there, Pete. I think the difference is with Jota is that he's more more of a natural sort of goal poacher, isn't he? Whereas yeah. if you think about even if you think about the likes of Nunes, he's not he's not a natural goal goal poacher, is he? If you see what I mean. He'll score the ones, you know, like the ones against Newcastle, but you know, when they drop in the box, he's yet to you've yet to see him react and score those type of you know, what I would call mm-hmm. Robbie Fowler, Ian Rush. That's what I that's who I liken him to, Les. He's Fowler esque, isn't he? You know how yeah. that's the word they use like his Fowler's. And do you know what else he does as well? He's brilliant inside the box for headers. Yeah. And I think I think, you know, when we had all the crosses coming in, you know, very rarely we 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 didn't win many headers really. I don't know. I think what's it called, Edward One, as you said, and then from I think Gapco put one over the bar. But other than that, really, we didn't really win a great deal of Edders from the corners that we had. And I think Jossa gives you that as well. Yeah, he's your most natural finisher, yeah. which, which you know, and that's a good thing to have. Well, and it's also as well. It, it keeps the other players on his toe on their toes when the when they are playing every week and they're assured of the place. There's no motivation, but you know, with the other two on the bench, and the other two are coming off, and he say, "Well, if these two play well, it puts pressure on the on the other two. But as as Ben said, I think with Mo, there's no pressure on Mo really. No, well, there never has been pressure on Mo, has there? Your no. Mo's only ever been sort of rested for a game here and a game there, and then he's always sort of, you know, come back in and and you know he doesn't like being rested, does Mo? Um, but yeah, so and the other thing you know was saying to that saying to you before we, you know, before we started recording, that I didn't even realise that the Dallas were being given two yellow cards in the in the ninety fourth minute because there wasn't really anything in the ground that sort of, you know, signified that it happened. And you know, again, I will point out the same thing with Michael Oliver. There was that. That's what that was. What the skirmish wasn't. I now know at that end, near the end, but he added about forty seconds on for that, yeah. and a United player going down with crap. We had, we, had we had an attack on about the ninety-third minute, and this or ninety-fourth minute, and this lad shouted behind, "Come on, it's now or never!" And I said, "It's about three minutes, yeah." I said he's got to add more time on for all the messing about. It, it might have been me, Pete, because I thought it'd only give three minutes. So I was panicking. <laughs> I was literally like, there was that attack, and they were taking the time putting the box. I was like, get it in the box, he's going to blow. Yeah. And it looked what like he it? was. Like he, he went like that. And I was like, oh, Christ, that's the end of it. And um, I, I said to, I said to, I said to my dad, oh, there's only three minutes extra. And my dad was desperate for the loop. Right. So he went down at like 93 minutes. And I met him at the car and he went, I said, oh, I'm sorry, there was 95 minutes. <laughs> but he, yeah. he actually got the two yellows within seconds of one another because he yeah. got the yellow and then he kept chirping at the ref. I that, think he must have swore at him, you know, Pete. I think so, yeah. He kept chirping yeah. away at him. That, then, that's you know, the only thing I've seen back the and it was there throwing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was yeah. Yeah. I think he went mad because he gave the throwing, so yeah. he was done for descent. Yeah. But then... I think then he must have swore at him as he yeah, was walking past him for Oliver. Yeah. Because yeah. for Oliver to give him two yellow two yellows within a within a second, I think you know 
he's obviously done something. I, I thought Oliver overall, as I said, it was an easy game for him to referee, to be fair. But I, I thought he was generous in the free kicks for them. Like every time they hit the yeah. floor, he'd give, yeah. he'd give a free there kick. Couple, there was a couple in the second half down by us. Nunes got a big push in the back and he went over yeah. and he waved it on. And within seconds, United got the ball and someone took a tumble and he gave it. Yeah, you know he 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 wasn't consistent at all in that yeah, respect. I, you know, yeah, I thought that was his weakness of the game. But as Les said, overall, I thought it was an easy game for him to referee. To be honest, yeah. So yeah. so the game ends ends nil nil, lads, and all of a sudden you come home and you you go on Twitter, and it's the end. Yo, that's it now. Yo, we've lost the league, and yo, there's no coming back for this. There was. Somebody are calling for Klopp to go. You know what I mean? And, and like, you just think to yourself, you know, where where did, where did these people come from? You know what I mean? Yeah, you can be you can be disappointed with the results and the performance. But, I mean, everybody, everybody who's on this podcast knows, and especially us, me, Pete and Tom, with all respect to Ben, who's, who's a lot younger than us, in yes. that we've seen... We should stop saying that, Ben. I've already paid you the compliment. You don't need to chip in. Keep going, keep going, Les. It's all right. Keep going. Right. Is that we've seen like Liverpool teams under Shanks, under Bob, under Joe, and under Kenny, all have bad results at home, and and you know, and but there's never been the reaction. I mean, you know, for example, you know the um, the two 0 defeat to Everton at Anfield when. When Brucey let the um, the Kevin Ratcliffe goal in, mm. and Everton thought he'd won the league that day, mm. we end up going to do the double. And Alan Anson said, "This is the worst Liverpool team that I've played in, and we're going to win nothing." And we end up winning the double. The truth of the matter is, that Liverpool won seven nil this year again, or or even if one of United's goals had gone in on the break. And, and or as the game ended nil nil, there's still so many games to go this season that nothing was decided yesterday. We're in a we're in a superb position in the league. Yeah, I would have liked to have won yesterday, but you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win thirty eight out of out of thirty eight league games. There's gonna be a game where you don't score at Anfield. You know, there's as Pete said before. You know, there's gonna be a game where you know, you do everything but score. We've seen loads of them over the years, and every team has them. You know, the day before, the 115ers drew 2 2 at home to, to, to Crystal Palace, and they get booed off. By but you know what, Les? I said to you, didn't I, about, about coming off. I, I, I thought was we were going to win the league, and I said to you last night, I think a, a lot of things have got to happen. I think that's the same with every team, though, Tom. I know, but I think, I, I think if I look, I, I, if I look at our results over where we are this season, and you know, I, I would look at the way we played, and and while I admit it's brilliant the way we come back and keep keep digging points out, we've only really played well in about four or five of them games. Let me ask you a question. Let me just say this, though, first. Go on. Let me just I come just... back at you, then. Let Go me just on. come back at you with this, then. You'll sidetrack me, then. No, I just want to come back at you on. or something. You're making a point 
Right, but how many games have Arsenal played well in this season? Well, I, I, I you don't, don't know, do yet. You don't know because you haven't seen them. And Arsenal drew 2-2 two, two at home to Fulham. And they could have got beaten home to Manchester United because United had a goal disallowed. Yeah, I've seen penalty, penalty turned down or something. And, and then Arsenal scored in about the fifth minute of injury time. The seventh so, minute. You know, well, like, it was then, what's it called? But and the, then, the, the, and the then point they is... Big looting as well. So what yeah. I'm saying is, you're only, you can only... You, people are only judging this, their this own... This is where you sidetrack me. Right. <laughs> this is where you sidetrack me. And for me, what we've got to do, I said to you the other day, for us to win the league now... We've got to get, you've got to get Bacetic and you've got to get Thiago back. They've got to come back and stay fit to the end of the season. You've got to get, you've got to be, you've got to get your forward scoring goals again consistently, which they've stopped doing. And I think you've got to get your midfield functioning again, which what we've not done, what we've not done, what we've not been doing. And I, I think then, yeah, we, we've got a great chance of winning it. But until them things happen, I think we're going to... I think, you, you know, you can't keep riding your luck and scoring two goals and three goals in the last five minutes of every game. Do you know what I mean? To be fair, though, Tom, Pete's right. Uh, sorry, Les is right. Arsenal have had a lot of late winners as well, like oh, yeah. City um, and, and Luton. So nobody has rarely stood out and... I think Les is right. We we haven't played well in that many games, but we're still where we are. And I've been saying it all season. If we get through December, and, and originally at the start of the season, I said if we are within three or four points of City, which we're going to be regardless now in January, then I'm, I'll back us. And I genuinely think that's the case. Like getting through December, it's not going to be magical football all the time. It just isn't. Like there's too much football. This is where I'm slightly worried about the game on Wednesday. Like Arsenal are out the cup, aren't they? Um, we could do with being out of it, really. Like we I'm, have a massive game against Arsenal on on Saturday. A massive game, and you know the only saving grace for me, the only saving grace for me is Arsenal are going to come out and attack you. That's yeah. to me. They're not gonna. They're not gonna sit back because they believe they can wipe us out. So they're not gonna sit back or, or like try to defend or hit you on the break. They're gonna come out and yeah. play over football, and I think that might suit Liverpool. Definitely. But we we have to win against Arsenal to because that would that would for me would kickstart our season. That really would. That would. That would make a statement. Mm. Whereas, because we've we're, we're going to be playing them again twice. I think in short short period, mm. aren't we? We have we got a quick turnaround with them. We've got them in the cup, haven't we? We've got them in the league, haven't we? Pretty early again. Right. I don't think we played them late. I think. Yeah. I think it's like one of them games where you play in one yeah. of the last teams, and then you play them early in the. Um, yeah, I think we either played him in January or February away. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not scared me. by Arsenal. Like, I, I think neither they're, am I. They're a, good, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. And like, you know, they could win the league as well as, well as we Arsenal, could win yeah. the league. So, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal as well at an injury to to Declan Rice and Saliba away from being, you know, just taking them 
backwards again. You're yeah. like the same like, the same with us, Les. If we got yeah. an injury to Van Dyke or Allison. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we you know, people might be realised at the minute, you know, that perhaps McAllister's done better than they thought. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Because because but but as I say, I thought yesterday, I thought Sendo was, was very good yesterday. I mean, we'll go on to to our man of the matches soon. But just in general, I think you all have to agree that yeah, it's disappointing to walk out of field for for many reasons yesterday because you know that is one of the poorest Man United teams I've seen for for over thirty years. You know we spunked them seven nil last season. They've come and done a job on us this time and got away with the points and they've acted like. They reminded me yesterday. Uh, somebody said the Sam Allardyce team. They reminded me yesterday of Everton when they when they drew with us one one in the um in the game where um Lovren gave that penalty away late late on. That wasn't and, a penalty. And oh, it was, that wasn't a penalty. It was the penalty, but they got a yeah. penalty, didn't yeah, they? No, no, yeah. And yeah. um and you know they uh you know they well walked away with the points and and that's and, and that that was the thing for United fans to act like they did at the end. It was out out the mighty fall. Now I could have understood it more if that would have been maybe the first week in May and that had took us off the top of the league. But mm. to act like that in December and some of them put on Twitter or we stopped Liverpool winning the league. I just think they're absolutely they're absolutely mental. They're absolutely nuts. Mm. Anyway, enough of that. So I'll start with I'll start with you, Tom. Who was your man of the match? Yeah, it was between two for me, Les. It was between Simicus and Endo, and I think overall, I think Endo done more than enough to 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 win it. So I'll give it to Endo. Pete, I'd add another name to them too, Van Dyke as well. I thought. It oh yeah, quite, yeah. Quite strange, actually, actually. That what I thought were the three best performers were defensive players, and United didn't have a go at us. Mm-hmm. But I agree with Tom. I thought Costas had a good game. Endo played well, but I'd probably just give it to Virgil. Yeah. Ben? So I'll go one step further to what Pete said, because I've jotted down, excuse the pun, um, five players, and they're all defensive players. Endo, agree. Virgil, Ibu and Ali. And I, I thought they those five were our best players. But for me, I'm giving it to Ali again. Because as good as Endo was, I thought Endo had his best game for us. Van Dijk was just imperious again. Ali kept... We could have lost the game without, without Ali. Um, I thought it was a good save. So for me, he was man of the match again. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you've all named the, the, the players who impressed with, for me as well. And, and as you say, ironically, they're all defensive players. But for me, I think... I think I'll give it to to Endo purely and simply because when the team was named, he was the one I was a bit worried about. But for me, give his his best ninety minutes in the Liverpool shirt yesterday, ninety minutes plus. Uh, you know, he he never shared the tackle. You know, he was he was reliable. He was moving the ball around, and yet I just thought that he deserved for me the man of the match. But well, totally agree, Ray Costas. And also Virgil was magnificent again. And as Ben said, you know, Ali, when called upon, was there. And I do think, as I said the other week, Tom, 
And just coming back to your point about winning the league, I think the one thing that Liverpool have got above all the other teams is Ali. Yeah, and I yeah. think if Liverpool, if Liverpool do win the league, I think it will it will be because of Allison more yeah. than any other any other player. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanted to sort of you know get that point across. And now we'll move on and and look ahead to to the game on on Wednesday night against West Ham in the in the League Cup quarter final. I think we'll start with you, Pete, because you usually do your Jurgen and have your have your team wrote down for. For Wednesday, and I think this is a little bit of a tricky one on which way to go because of the the Arsenal game that's coming up on Saturday. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see which which way yeah. you've gone in, Pete. I mean, I know Ben was saying he wishes we weren't in it, but I've already booked my hotel for I Wickham for the final, so <laughs> I want to stay in it. Um, I'll read the team out. I, I I can't see it being too too weakened if that's you know too many of the youngers. Youngsters, and I've said Keller in goal. I put Joe at right back, Kwanza, Kanate, and Costas across the back. I'd give Endo another start because I don't think we've got another fit number six. To be honest, um, I don't, I don't know how far off McAllister is. Either side of Endo, I put Jones and Elias, and then up front I put Salah, Diaz, and Gakpo. Interesting, Tom. What do you reckon to that team there? The the Pete's just picked there. Do you know what? Funny enough, I I think I think Virgil will play less against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Virgil will play, and it might be Virgil and Kwanzaa. I I think Joe Gomez will play. I think he'll play with with Simicus. I think he'll go. I think he'll. Do you know? Funny enough, I think he'll play Endo, but it depends if McAllister's fit. If McAllister's fit. He might play McAllister in an eight with um with, with he might put Curtis on with with, with McAllister. Um and I think again if Joss is fit, we don't know if Joss is fit, I think he might give Jotter a run out. But I think I think the best we can go for with Joss would be maybe Arnold coming from the bench or something. Yeah, maybe. But I think he's gonna go with do you know, funny enough, you'll probably go with Salah only because it's a quarter final. And I, I think he I think Gapko definitely needs to play. He definitely needs to start. And I probably probably Diaz. Yeah, Ben. You, I just thinking there with what Tom said that he thinks Virgil could start. Do you think the fact that, that both Virgil and Costa sort of sat out the game last Thursday? Means that they are, you know, obviously fitness permit going to start in the three games this week, and that was the, that was the sort of and Mo as well, you know, they, they've had a they've had a week off now between the, you know, the the Crystal Palace game and the Man United game, didn't play at all, you know, some of them didn't travel. So with the three games being at home, do you think they're they're all going to start these? These next three games, and then see where we are when we when we come up against Burnley. Possibly, I I wouldn't play Virgil. I I I, I just wouldn't risk him for this game. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I would. I'm just asking yeah. you. Do you think that's? Do you think that might be in 
Jürgen mind. You know, I think he's probably going to play. Is, I think he's probably going to try and play a few of them into form. Like I, I don't. I think we've got to play Costas because I don't think there's anybody else. But I don't think in an ideal world we'd risk him either. But I think we will. I mean, I think it will obviously be Kelleher in goal. Costas, and then I've gone for Kwanzaa and Gomez, centre-half partnership, with Bradley at right-back. Um, Not a bad belt, that, then, to be honest. I wouldn't I wouldn't risk Trent either. I'd definitely save him for, for Saturday. And then the midfield, same as Pete, Jones, Endo and Elliot. But I wouldn't be surprised if he puts Sabozlai in either, because I, I think he needs to be played back into form. And he's a fit lad, isn't he? So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts... Um, and then up front, I think he's going to try and play Nunes into form. Um, but again, I've gone for Doak as part of the front three with Gakpo as well, uh, with Nunes on the not as the centre forward but as the wide man. Um, to yeah, try and play him into form. But I don't know, Les. Like, um, I think it's a really tricky decision. And I genuinely don't know which way Jürgen's going to go because you wouldn't be shocked if there's a, f a few more kids in it, would you? Um, he does do this for the league call. I'll tell you what, Ben. In quarterfinal at home tie at Anfield, quarterfinal of the League Cup with it going on to a two-legged two-legged yeah. game, there's no way he's going to go weak. Well, so I don't I think know. the team... I, I, I think he will go slightly weak. I don't think it's going to be all kids, but I think you could see two of them. Tom, honestly, I do. Like he's too close to a too close to a we're too close to a semi final two legged semi final. I think there's I some, think, there's some weak I think inside. The, I think the sort of the sort of joker in the pack, if you like, here is the fact that you've got Arsenal on Saturday. I think yeah. if Liverpool were playing maybe Crystal yeah. Palace at home on Saturday or or Fulham at home on Saturday, yeah. I think he, he might be tempted to play a different team. But I think because it's Arsenal, yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, I think that that might be sort of, you know, sort of make make him ask a few questions really about mm. about which way he's he sort of he's gonna go. Does he leave this player out? And obviously, you know, it depends on the it depends on the players as well. I mean, I mean, I suppose an ideal world, he want he you know he wants Virgil for. For Saturday, and then he'll want him for for next Tuesday against Burnley, and then we've got then, we've got he's got then a six day break yeah. before we play then against Newcastle at home. And I, I'm not convinced West Ham are going to go full strength, you know. Well, I, I think, was going to say it'd be interesting to see yeah. what more he does. I I think he will because I don't think I think West Ham will look at it and think that you know what we're, we're, what's their best hope in the league. And their best hope in the league is sort of finishing in a in a European place, right? And perhaps getting into the UEFA Cup. And David Moyes could look at it and think, if we go full strength here because Liverpool are perhaps going to go a little bit weaker, then we could possibly get, you know, the look at the draw, we could possibly get the winner of the, you know, the lower league game in the League Cup and get a two-legged semi-final against them. And then, you know, that should that should guarantee us a place at Wembley, and then we've got to win one game to be guaranteed a place in the Europa League next season. So I I think he will go strong, and I think mm -hmm. and again they play Man United at the weekend at home, mm -hmm. which and is again, the last yeah. game on Selly. So again, 
that could play on his mind as well. And he might think, yo, someone will earn more money by finish up higher in the league. So that's more important. So it might make a few changes. So we'll be interested to see what team he goes with. So it is an interesting discussion point. I mean, I tend to, I like the um, the Connor Bradley selection at, at sort of right back. That's a possibility that mm. I never thought of. I don't think, I don't think Ben Doak will start for the simple reason, as we, as we said last week. I don't think he's done himself any favours this season in any of the games that he's played. I think perhaps we had too high expectations of him. No question the lad's got ability, but I don't think that he's proved that he's ready yet to, to sort of step up and be be a star in the first team. I think, I just wonder whether Cade Gordon has sort of maybe nudged himself ahead of him again and whether he might possibly get... Cade Gordon played better in Europe than him. Yeah. He did show. I mean, he, he might put Elliot up front. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened either. Yeah. Um, with Sabozlai in midfield, because the more I think about it, the more I do think he will play Sabozlai. Maybe that's why he brought him off early in the game, not for this game in mind, um, but just to manage him a bit more. That's a, that's another good point. But the other thing to say, it could be because Graven Birch has now got mm. an injury. I'll just the dependence on the extent of that injury. He might, you know, he might think, well. I can't miss the Bosley eye now because I'm running out of... To be fair, like we all talked about the West Ham game after the pod earlier in the season. They've got a crack in midfield. Yeah. We need to go relatively strong in midfield if they put their first choice out because that Paquetta's a good player and that kudos looks yeah. a really good player from the one they got from Ajax. Yeah. Well, he's been playing up front, hasn't he? Yeah. He's been playing on the on the right side up front where yeah. Bowen was playing and Bowen's been playing centre-forward because, you know, Antonio's out. So it will be an interesting selection there. This is going to be a tricky one to predict, lads, because obviously we don't know how strong we're going to go and how strong sort of West Ham are going to go, but I'll push in anyway and go for your prediction. So I think we'll have a change of order tonight and I think we'll start with you, Ben. I'm going to go for penalties, you know. Like, I just think it's got one of those, like, League Cup at Anfield penalty shootouts, and I'll do a, a Liverpool penalty shootout win. Pete? I'm going to go back to my early season favourite, 3-1. I don't know where I'm getting it from, but I think 3-1 to the Reds. Tom? 3-1 to the Reds. I'm going to go for a, a 2-1 victory for Liverpool. Um, and, and keep our fingers crossed that, you know, Come sort of ten o'clock on on Wednesday night, they were in the draw for the for the two legged semi final in January. And on that note, we'll end this latest edition of the Late Flag. Thanks to Pete, Tom, and Ben for joining me tonight. And as forever, I will always end by saying, justice for the ninety seven. You'll never walk alone. And one thing I will I will add before I finish: get well soon, Tom Lockyer. That was a horrible thing to see on the football field on Saturday. So hope you make a full and speedy recovery and you're back with your family fit and well very, very soon. And our thoughts are with his family, friends and everybody at Luton Town at this awful time. And on that note, we'll end this podcast and say until next time, see you soon. <laughs>